Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III here, and we're back with another episode of Strange Places. This is the podcast where we talk about the surreal, the unusual, the paranormal, everything from ghosts to UFOs, everything in between. If you joined us on our last episode, I want to personally thank everybody for uh, the major uptick in listens. <laughs> it was um, quite the popular episode. And I appreciate all the comments. I appreciate all the uh, all the love and support. Thank you for listening to this last one. What we're going to talk about today, we're going to take a trip to San Diego, California. My hometown, actually. I was born in San Diego, moved away when I was 13, and uh, lived in Iowa for 10 years. Don't ask me how that happens. Long story. <laughs> Long story. But I'm originally from San Diego, California. And there is a story about the Hotel Del Coronado, which is the biggest, ritziest hotel in San Diego. It's uh, quite a famous place. And it has quite the famous reputation for those of us who grew up in that area. It was always something talked about. Uh, every family knew the story that the Hotel Del Coronado was quite a haunted place. And just a little bit of a background here. I'm very, very familiar with this hotel. <laughs> um, it's just one of those places in, in San Diego. Everybody knows it. And uh, it's it's hard to miss. It's it's uh, it's a pretty uh, pretty epic looking place. When I went back a few years ago, and the Hotel Dell is right off the beach, and uh, we used to go hang out at the beach and you know do our thing and <laughs> you know just hang out at the beach and swim all day and just hang out. The kind of recre outdoor recreation area of the Hotel Dell leads out to. The beach is just a little chain link fence. So what we used to do when we were younger, we would stand there with our beach towels, you know, like we own the place, just sitting there talking. And when somebody walked out, you know, we would hold the fence for them and, you know, walk right in. So <laughs> my mom has a funny story about the uh, Hotel Dell, among a few others, which we'll get to. They, uh, one time, she went to go to the hotel and pretended like she was staying there went to the uh, dining room area, went to order some food. And uh, she was treated like crap by the staff because she wasn't wearing like the latest in designer clothing. I mean, it's it, seriously, it's one of those places. Marilyn Monroe was uh, pursued through its hallways, guest rooms, and seashore by Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis and Some Like It Hot. That big. Frank Sinatra joined its centennial celebration in 1988. Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, Burt Lancaster, Ronald Reagan were among past visitors. And more recently, Ellen DeGeneres, Jack Nicholson, Oprah Winfrey slept in its storied suites. Presidents, royalty, writers, inventors, and appreciative travelers have enjoyed its uh, unique hospitality. If you have the money, anyway. The 130-year-old 130 uh, Hotel Del Coronado, lovingly referred to as the Dell, has stories and secrets in its rooms, suites, and dining venues, as well as a resident ghost 
according to many guests, and that's what we're going to discuss today. Now, when we used to, uh, <laughs> when I was just a teenager, mind you, we used to sneak into the Hotel Dell. We would, it's it's an incredibly ritzy place. And the reason I kind of give you that little background there is because my part of the story, my own personal part, is going to be very interesting to you. So we'll go into the history of the Hotel Dell and talk about the haunting. And then we'll get back to my own kind of personal experience and a personal experience from a family member of mine. So we're going to do what we always do on this podcast. We're going to go through the facts here. And we're going to dice it apart and see what evidence we have and, uh, you know, just kind of see if it's something that should be debunked or looked into more seriously. Because like I always say on this podcast, in the realm of supernatural and paranormal study, common sense is something that's sorely lacking. (laughs) So that's what we do. We look at things with some just common sense and see if we can dice it apart and see if there's something to it. So the Hotel Dell has, uh, like I said, quite the quite the history. With the Hotel Dell Coronado, I'll just refer to it as the Hotel Dell. I mean, this place is famous. Uh, L. Frank Baum wrote a lot of his stories there. The Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz was actually partly based on this hotel. And despite popular belief, no, it's not the Hotel California. <laughs> that one is in L.A., But uh, it is rumored that some of the verses of the famous song were inspired by the haunting at the Hotel Dell. That's unconfirmed, by the way. But we don't need that. (laughs) Stephen King based his short story, which eventually became a film, as you know, 1408, on the haunted room. Which, in my opinion, 1408 was probably the scariest short story Stephen King ever wrote. I mean, it's one that kind of gets under my skin. Kind of bothers me. And I think it was one of the few Stephen King-based films that really kind of gets to me, like legitimately scary. It's been visited by every famous person you can think of. (laughs) So while the Hotel Del, with anniversary festivities planned all year, uh, has seen a lot of changes, and they always have some kind of celebration there because the hotel's so damn old, It's retained its signature elegance over the years. It's all wood, Victorian design speaks of a bygone era. But its amenities have managed to keep up with modern expectations. Named a historical landmark in 1977, the hotel has since restored its lobby recently to evoke the charm of the original design, renovated guest rooms, and installed a front desk that replicates as much of the original 1888 piece as possible. Times have changed. Since the hotel's opening, when the nightly price for a room was $2.50, including all meals, not anymore. <laughs> About 10 years ago, sandwich, grapefruit, glass of water, 38 bucks. I'm not kidding. The total cost of the hotel in 1888 was a million, 40% of which was for the furnishings. It was built of several species of wood, without nails, by the way. The builders used wooden pegs. In addition to the luminaries who have stayed at the hotel, many stories contribute to its legendary history. Like I said, Frank Baum, author of uh, Wizard of Oz, spent many months at the hotel writing and reading to children. He designed the chandeliers still hanging in the crown room, basing them on the crown worn by the lion in the Wizard of Oz. Liberace was discovered while playing piano for a small group in the lounge. Not shitting you. 
Uh, matter of fact, one of the excursions that I had at the uh, Hotel Dell when we snuck, I mean, uh, when we <clears throat> walked in, <laughs> uh, we uh, the piano player in the lounge was probably the best piano player I have ever heard in my life. Every single family there knows the stories. Everybody who grew up there knows the stories. It was just a part of our culture. And I always heard the stories ever since I was a little kid. Guests are intrigued by stories of apparitions and strange occurrences on the third floor, in the gift shop, and in other locations within the hotel. Employees and visitors have told of unusual noises, footsteps, temperature changes, and uh, even sightings. The gift shop has seen much of the activity with items flying off shelves and books being rearranged. The story goes that a young woman named Kate Morgan, registered under an alias on Thanksgiving in 1892, stayed for a few days and then killed herself on the steps near the ocean. The same steps that I used to use to sneak into the place. The reasons for her death are unknown, but there's been speculation that she was ill or heartbroken over an ill-fated romance. The room where she stayed is requested, according the most requested uh, rather, according to the hotel. Now, it's it's a beautiful place. <laughs> it's it's absolutely beautiful. As far as the haunting itself, as much as I would you know could talk about the freaking hotel all day, the haunting itself is the most interesting part. So we'll get into the meat. Kate Morgan a young woman who checked into the Hotel Del Coronado in 1892 never checked out. Instead, it's thought that her lovely likeness and gentle spirit remain at the resorts, uh, remain as the resort's resident ghost. She was 24, arrived on Thanksgiving Day alone and unhappy. According to the hotel employees, she said she was waiting for a gentleman to join her. After five lonely days, she took her own life. At the time of her death, police could find nothing to positively identify her, so a description of Kate was telegraphed to police agencies around the country. As a result, newspapers began to refer to Kate as the beautiful stranger. I'm actually looking at a picture of her right now. She is, uh, yeah, quite lovely. After Kate Morgan's identity was confirmed... She was married but estranged from her husband. It was surmised that she had arrived at the Dell, hoping to rendezvous with a lover. She had been employed as a domestic in a wealthy L.A. household. From there, she traveled by train to the hotel, where fellow passengers reported that a woman matching Kate's description had argued with a male companion, who then uh, deserted her en route. During her stay, Kate was described as sickly and sorrowful, venturing into San Diego to buy a handgun, and the San Diego coroner later confirmed that Kate had died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Now, according to the hotel's book, Beautiful Stranger, The Ghost of Kate Morgan, and the Hotel Del Coronado, that's a heck of a name, guys. <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful, isn't it? Since that time, guests and employees have attested to ghostly goings-on. Most have to do with Kate's original third-floor guest room, where visitors have experienced flickering lights, a television that turns itself on and off, breezes coming from absolutely nowhere, inexplicable sense and sounds, items moving of their own accord, 
Doors that randomly open and close, abrupt changes in room temperature, and unexplained footsteps and voices. The story of Kate Morgan continues to intrigue hotel visitors, and the room in which she stayed is the most requested guest room at the hotel. Independent uh, paranormal researchers, in turn, have documented uh, supernatural activity in Kate's room using high-tech gadgetry, including infrared cameras, night vision goggles, radiation sensors, toxic chemical indicators, microwave imaging systems, high-frequency sound detectors, you name it. And there's a couple things I can't even pronounce. (laughs) There have also been Kate sightings in hotel hallways along the seashore. Another very active area is the resort's gift shop. Established in 1888, where visitors and employees routinely witness haunted happenings and giftware mysteriously flying off of shelves, oftentimes falling upright and always unbroken. Now, the book, Beautiful Stranger, The Ghost of Kate Morgan at the Hotel del Coronado, is the official account of Kate Morgan's 1892 visit and contains a chronology of Kate's hotel activities worth a read. A transcription of the coroner's inquest, dozens of newspaper reports about Kate's stay, vintage photos of the hotel, as well as detailed descriptions of paranormal sightings. Beautiful Stranger can be purchased through the hotel's website as well as everywhere else. That's not a plug for that, by the way. (laughs) But it is an interesting read, and uh, I definitely recommend it. Now, obviously, growing up in San Diego, not far from the hotel... As kids, you always talk, and you always hear your you know, overhear your you know parents talking about the hotel Dell, and stories fly around, and you know things on the playground about the hotel Dell. Most of it's bullshit, you know, just trying to scare each other and stuff like that. But a lot of things about the hotel kind of stayed the same over the years. There's speculation as to exactly whether or not Kate's Morgan, Kate Morgan's death was a murder or a suicide. And it's officially ruled as a suicide. There were kind of some odd things surrounding her death. And there's a lot of people that believe to this day that she was killed by a uh, man that just kind of vanished into you know thin air and was never apprehended. Made it look like a suicide, and that's what the coroner bought. Now, among the stories, people have seen Kate all over the hotel, mostly near the room where she's supposed to be. And there's a kind of an urban legend (laughs) or a beach legend, I should say, in San Diego, where if you stand kind of by the Point Loma area where you could see the uh, her room was near a balcony overlooking the ocean. And rumor has it that sometimes late at night, you'll look up there and see a lady in white. And every family has their story about somebody's mom or uncle Dennis or, you know, cousin John or whatever ended up, you know, I saw Kate Morgan's ghost. I was there at the beach and all that stuff. Well, I have made as a kid and as a, you know, <laughs> when I went back and visited, I certainly put in my time sitting there at the beach at night with my eyes locked on that balcony, trying to see the glowing lady in white that would kind of stand there at the balcony and longingly look at the ocean, you know, uh, deep in thought as to her demise or whatever ghosts think about. 
and I've never seen anything. And I do have stories from family members that say that they witnessed this or saw that. Uh, I'm not going to say that, and I'm not going to mention who in particular. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, especially when I say this. I'm not calling BS on any of their stories. It's just that, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of their, uh, my my own personal family members, a lot of their stories are just completely unverifiable. Um, I don't call their motives into question. I don't call their, I call their memory into question, honestly, because a lot of these stories go way back. And I've been to that hotel many times. Never saw anything paranormal, never any of that. Stephen King, though, is convinced that the hotel is haunted and, you know, based 1408 off of it. And there are accounts from various people who, you know, shot movie scenes there and uh, people who were there. So it, it's all uh, it's all firsthand, right? It's all, I saw this, I saw that. But there is something very intriguing. And, I, I you know, I am on my computer here right now. Um, you can probably hear my keyboard clacking, but I like to, uh, research before I do this and after, <laughs> you know, I do this room three, three, two, seven, I believe is the room, the number, uh, the room number eludes me. Let me double check. I believe it's three, three, two, seven. pretty sure yeah room 3327 okay there we go oh yeah there's a photo of it I definitely recognize that hallway <laughs> so yeah 24 year old housekeeper from LA checked into room 3327 back then it was room 302 actually Thanksgiving day 1892 you know like I said five days meandering around the Dell alone some claim she was waiting for her husband. Others say Kate was anticipating a lover's arrival, which some speculate that may have been the person that killed her. Now, her body was found on a staircase leading to the beach with a gunshot wound to the head. Uh, Ghost is now claimed to run the hotel. I'm looking at the... Wow, that's cool. That's pretty neat. I'm looking at the uh, check-in log, November 24th, 1892. She signed in under the alias Lottie A. Bernard. Until officials identified the body, media named her the beautiful stranger, and I'm actually looking at the uh, check-in book right now. Man, people had some good handwriting back then. What happened? <laughs> anyway, coroner determined it was a suicide. There's record of her buying a 44 caliber from Chick's Gun Shop in downtown, but skeptics think her husband or lover was the one that pulled the trigger. 3327 is the Dell's most requested room, as I said. Rates vary by season and start $359 a night, and the hotel is very, very picky as to who stays there. Soft footsteps heard by the bed. Pillows stacked in a pyramid. Guests have reported seeing Kate's ghost strolling the hallways, the garden, and the beach itself. But in the room itself, lights flicker. TV itself turns on and off. Paintings seem to change. Breezes, scents, and sounds come from nowhere and items move by themselves. On Valentine's Day 2000, a young couple reported a string of supernatural events in that room, including covers being ripped off of them in the middle of the night. 
Now, in the gift shop, gift shop, a memorabilia from Marilyn Monroe's Some Like It Hot often fall to the ground inexplicably. Employees speculate that Kate does not like sharing the spotlight. The late Alan May claimed to be a descendant of Kate. In 1990, she, uh, he published The Legend of Kate Morgan and reportedly purchased a tombstone for her unmarked grave at Mount Hope Cemetery. Famous story, especially in that area. Now... You know, let's, we could talk about, at least I could, (laughs) I could talk about the Hotel Del Coronado all day. But as far as my own personal experiences, something interesting happened. I went back there to visit one time. I was probably like, uh, well, what year was this? I'm going to say it wrong. It was about 2001-ish, late 2001. I had just graduated high school and my mom paid for a trip for us to go see some family there. And me, my brother, and my cousin Ryan did our usual thing, got into the hotel, <laughs> and walking around like we own the place, you know, not to arouse suspicion. So we came up with a cool idea. We're like, okay, they were doing some renovations at the time, and we knew what room it was supposed to be, and we knew what the new room was. We had an idea of where it was. So we told ourselves, we're like, hey, we should see if we can, like, you know, find the room, right? And you're a couple of teenage kids who are wet and barefoot and walking around with towels and um, got a couple looks as we were walking around. You know, I don't know these kids are supposed to be here, so we're trying to play it as straight as possible, right? So uh, with our heads down and our mouths shut, you know, we, this is true. This really happened. We went upstairs. And we found the room and uh, they were doing some renovations in the area, or at least it looked like it. And the reason I say that is because the room, that whole hallway, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> looked like they didn't want anybody staying in it. And I know that they've cracked down really big time on who they choose. Now, according to law, I believe I looked into this and a lot of the information was fuzzy. They can't deny anybody staying in that room. They do have to rent it out, but I think it has something to do with they can only to make keep it legal and them saying that they're not holding back a room or whatever, you know what I mean? They have to rent it out a certain number of times to stay within legal boundaries here. They can't just say no, you can't stay in this particular room. Somebody requests a room, they should be able to have it if it's vacant. Now, the hotel can deny people from staying in a certain room, but I something about the law where they can only do that a certain number of times. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, we get down the hallway from the room. We're looking right at it, and it's just a hallway down, and we just kind of froze. <laughs> I'm not saying anything supernatural happened. I'm just saying when you're, you know, 50 feet away from the room that inspired parts of The Shining— and 1408, and uh, there was a story at the time that Jim Carrey had stayed at that hotel. You know that thing from 1408 where people say nobody lasts an hour? That's directly from the uh, <laughs> from the lore of the room. And some people, including Jim Carrey himself, have claimed that it feels like hours and hours and hours are passing in that room. And when you get out... It's only been an hour. Uh, He got a little spooked and ended up leaving. Nobody stays the night in there. 
it's just a really bizarre place and a source. But like I said, all of it is firsthand. All of it is hearsay. And we don't like that here. <laughs> you know, we like evidence. So all I can tell you is what I have to go on. So anyway, we, uh, being the teenagers that we were, we came up with another brilliant plan. <laughs> Me, my cousin, and my brother. We said, okay, you know what we should do? We should see if we could find out anything to, you know, for sure. Just to, you know, get any kind of information. Because this has fascinated us ever since we were little kids. We grew up with this story. And we always drove by the hotel. We played on the beach. That was right. We found a way to sneak in, you know. So we, I know the hotel very well. So I guess I was the most personable or the best bullshitter out of the three of us. I, it, it was uh, decided that I should go and enact the plan at the you know person at the main desk. So we go to the main desk, and the young lady's standing there. I said, hey, uh, we're students from Hilltop High School, which is nearby. <laughs> we're students from Hilltop High School, and uh, we were just kind of hanging out today. And, uh, you know, since we're staying here, I made sure and emphasized that. I said, since we're staying here, I was wondering if you could help us with a report that I want to, you know, uh, <laughs> my exact words elude me now, but the gist of it was we're working on a report about the Hotel Dell. And I wanted to see if you could give us anything about the haunting in particular. And immediately her eyes just kind of brightened up. Because <laughs> before she was looking at us like, okay, what do you want? You know, I'm busy, you know, that kind of shit. But, you know, when you're perceived as a guest at the hotel, you could practically tell, you know, somebody working there, hey, I need a foot rub and someone will come and do it. Like, it's one of those fucking hotels. So she was trying to maintain that rapport. But at the same time, she did look a bit, you know, suspicious. But as soon as I mentioned the haunting, her eyes just kind of lit up. And she goes, well, I'm, I'm not really at liberty to discuss anything. Most of what you need to know is in the books already. But she said, do me a favor and take a look around. Look at anybody who's working here. And I looked around. And I was like, okay, I don't see anything weird. And she goes, okay, follow me. And we walk up to the same floor that we just snuck to. <laughs> and we kind of stand there at the end of the stairway for a little bit with the you know lady from the main desk. And we see some employees come and go, cleaning ladies and you know uh, people with name tags or whatever they do. And she said, okay, do you notice anything here on this floor? And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I don't really see anything out of the ordinary. She goes, ah, take a closer look. All the employees up here work in pairs. And she's like, so I'm just going to give that to you. I'll let you do with that what you want to. All of the employees up here must work in pairs. I said out loud, okay, that's really odd. And she said, that's all I'm giving you. You can take that as you want. She said, uh, we just insist and the management insists and the employees insist. That is her exact words. Everybody insists, and she named those people in particular. The management insists, the employees insist that everybody work in pairs on this floor. I thought, wow. <laughs> that's really weird. And this was coming from the, you know, lady at the front desk. I don't know for sure if the Hotel Dell is haunted, 
But there's something really interesting to me is that this is not a this is not one of these establishments that needs to rely on the history of that haunting. As a matter of fact, the Hotel Dell does um, they embrace it a lot more now. But at the time, that was something that the staff was very mum about, and they did not like talking about that kind of thing. It was kind of a taboo thing to talk about the haunting at the Hotel Dell at the time while you were there or to any of the workers or anything like that. They've embraced it in recent years, but back then that was, it was kind of a taboo thing. It was kind of a no, no. You didn't do that at the hotel. And especially if you snuck in, <laughs> you wanted to mind your P's and Q's and, you know, not piss anybody off. Cross my fingers. I've never been kicked out. And when I go back to visit again, I bet your ass I'm probably going to sneak in there again. <laughs> See if I can, unless they got wise and found out how, you know, young kids were getting in there. But I don't know if they electronically did something to that little, it's just a little chain link fence. I mean, shit, you could probably hop the thing. But uh, it's where that little out, yes, I'm telling you where it is too. So I'm just like inviting you to go do it, right? <laughs> right where the beach meets the outdoor recreation area. Surprisingly easy to get in. When you rock in the when you walk in the front door, they uh, you know either want to see a card or if they don't recognize you, you're told to go to the gate and if you you know to the front desk and if you refuse to go to the front desk, you're going to be kicked out of that hotel. <laughs> so you need to prove that you're a guest there. But if you get in through the outdoor recreation area, yeah, you didn't come in through the front door, so they assume ah oh, they stay here. It was surprisingly easy to get in. You just kind of hang out by the door anyway. Every one of our family members had something to say or had some kind of experience or knew somebody that had some kind of experience. But uh, the guests the, just, I, I usually don't pay any attention to firsthand accounts. <laughs> I don't. The sheer number about the Hotel Dell, on the other hand, is staggering. But I may be a little biased here because I grew up by it. I've been in it multiple times. And I've, I've been all over the place. I stood like 50, 60 feet from the room, you know? This is a place that I'm personally familiar with. Was the atmosphere thick there? No. And the hallway just freaked us out because, you know, shit. I mean, we're standing so close to one of the most haunted hotel rooms ever. And then that story with Jim Carrey had just come out. Whether it was true or not, I still don't know. Can't find shit on it. But, uh, and talking to the... Lady at the desk, it was just, you know, it's not that the air is thick there. It's just that, uh, you know, when you're standing that close to a place that may or may not be that, yeah, <laughs> it's not fear, it's common sense, right? It's that fight or flight thing says, don't get near that fucking room because if it's true, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess with that. At least I've always been that way. I've never felt anything strange inside the Hotel Dell. Never seen anything weird, nothing. But like I was getting at... This is not one of those establishments that has to rely on the story of the haunting to stay in business. This is a ritzy place. Movies have been filmed there. Movie stars stay there. And, you know, if you do it long enough, chances are the more you sneak into the hotel, you're going to run into somebody. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was, but uh, not to incriminate one of my close family members did the same thing, hung out at the outdoor area, snug into the hotel, decided to walk around, you know, all day. Beautiful place. Beautiful. Never seen anything like it in my life. Probably never will again. 
And after enjoying the complimentary orange juice you get just for being inside the damn place, <laughs> you just raise up your hand and get a drink. He uh, ran into Brian Dennehy. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Brian Dennehy, you know, from Rambo, played Tommy's dad and Tommy Boy. Said he was a really nice guy, by the way, but he tried to play it cool, you know, not just like some psycho fan that snuck into the fucking hotel. <laughs> tried to pretend like he was a guest. And Are you Mr. Dennehy? Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I like your work, you know. But inside he's going, holy crap, oh, my God, I'm talking to Brian Dennehy, right? It, 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 you sneak in there enough, you're probably going to run into somebody famous. <laughs> But uh, yeah, aside from my own personal experience, I'm I'm questioning the validity of all my family stories because it's part of the culture there. Everybody has, or at least wants to have, their own personal story about the Hotel Del Coronado, the Hotel California, the Dell, right? Do I believe that Kate Morgan really haunts the place? My own personal experience, I I don't know. I never felt anything weird there. Never saw anything weird there. It's pretty strange experience from the lady at the front desk. And I'm not going to chalk anything supernatural up to being freaked out by staring at that room because anybody in their right mind would be. <laughs> it was like having your hands on a Ouija board. You know what I mean? You're that close to something that may uh, kind of bend the rules of reality a little bit. Hmm? It was a weird feeling, but I don't think it was because the hotel was haunted. Honestly, I think it was because I'd grown up with those stories. And another part of it wasn't fear. Like I said, it was caution. Do I think that this is possible? Oh, yeah. Do I think ghosts exist? Exist? In a sense, yes. Like I said in a previous episode, I think that time is not linear. We just see it that way. And 99.9% .9 of people who say that they've seen some kind of an apparition describe the ghost or spirit or what have you as just going through the motions that they went through in life. It's like watching a rerun. I think that there are spots that, due to certain conditions, I can't tell you what, I don't know, but Ambrose Beer stayed at that hotel, and he said, that, yes, the Ambrose Beer stayed at that hotel, and he even wrote a story about it, actually, and said the same thing that I'm about to say, that I personally believe, is that there are some spots to where time is probably a little thin, and you see glimpses of, what we think of as the past. All this stuff is happening at the same time, cosmically, right? And we're seeing glimpses into their lives. Maybe they see apparitions of us, we don't know. And the intelligent hauntings, so-called intelligent hauntings, who's to say that these aren't people in their time who are aware that there are us observing them? And can, you know, communicate back and forth. But that's all speculation. That's all theory. I do believe that, in a sense, ghosts are real. Hauntings are real. <clears throat> There's just too much out there. And I'm not talking about firsthand stuff, <laughs> right? I, I just, I'm not a fan of firsthand accounts. And I don't expect you to uh, take mine as gospel either. Because that's what I'm giving you, right, is firsthand accounts. But I'm still not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm still not saying that the Hotel Dell is definitively haunted. I'm saying it's possible. So we're going to chalk this one up to the probable, right? <laughs> Definitely possible. But, you know, you got to think too, is that even though I'm not a big fan of firsthand accounts and it's 
pretty shaky territory to have any kind of evidence. I don't like it. That the sheer number has got to have some kind of merit. Like with the UFO thing, if all we had were first-hand accounts and we have millions of people saying that they've seen roughly the same thing, that's got to have some merit. And the Hotel Dell is like that too. Not enough to prove it, in my opinion, but that many first-hand accounts is enough to merit it some serious study. So as far as right now, Hotel Dell, I'm going to say... I'm not going to, uh, inconclusive, I guess, but I'm leaning more towards, yeah, it's possible. So anyway, what are your thoughts on Hotel Del Coronado? Let me know. I want you to go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things podcast-related, all things me-related, my other podcast, No Disclosure, Strange Places-related. Let me know. Contact me. Let me know what you think about the Hotel Del. Is it haunted? Did I miss out on some crucial piece of information that could have blown this whole thing wide open? I would be more than happy to make a part two. Let me know. Give me your opinion. Let's make a discussion out of this thing. On Asylum817.com, Asylum817.com, join the discussion. You'll also see all of our uh, social media links on there, link to our Patreon account, where you can get early access to shows, giveaways at certain tiers. It's nuts. Your own podcast. That's crazy. What what podcasts do that? Podcasts just for the patrons? I must be out of my mind. Anyway, guys, <laughs> I will catch you later. Uh, let me know. if Is there a haunted uh, hotel that is around your area that you want me to tackle on this show? Give it to me. I would love to do more local stuff. So I'll catch you guys later. Are we ever going to run out of things to talk about? Are we ever going to run out of the paranormal stories, the supernatural, the unnatural? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day, we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is the place for an independent or unsigned musician to get their music on every streaming platform imaginable. If you want your music out there for the world to hear, look no further. Sam Picky with sponsors. If someone contacts me to be a part of this thing, I want it to be a company and a product that I actually use myself on a regular basis. All of my albums and singles that I've ever released have been through DistroKid, so believe me when I tell you they are the real deal. I've been a musician for a long time, and when I say that DistroKid gives you 100% of your royalties, I still feel like I need to pinch myself. The industry does not work that way. For only 20 bucks a year, yeah, you heard me right, 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music you made and get it out everywhere people stream music. My albums are worldwide, yours should be too. By going to the link provided in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year of the already insane measly 20 bucks a year. You'll be supporting the show and getting your music heard, so check out the affiliate link in this episode's description. Thanks, DistroKid, for being a part of Strange Places and for giving this old dog an audience. <laughs>